What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play and also find out about some developer journeys. We also talk about things that you should be on the lookout for, things you should put on your wish list. And today's episode is focused on all three of those things that I just said, because we're going to talk about a game that you should definitely not only have on your wish list, but you should be playing right now on PC. We're also going to talk about, we're also going to talk with the developer about his journey creating this game and the lessons he's learned after releasing this game. And we're going to talk about some of the other games that you should definitely be looking out for with Steam Next Fest going on right now. So I can't do all this alone. Obviously, if you're on, on the video version, you're seeing that I have a guest with me today. And this guest has been on the show before. He is the creator of a very, very good game that I thoroughly enjoyed earlier this year. And that's Makisa's Adventure. My guest is the one and only creator of Makisa's Adventures. And that is Zora Arts himself. Zora, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm very good. It's pretty warm here in Germany, so I'm sweating, but I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I understand. It's 100 degrees right here in Texas, so it's yeah. on the <laughs> other side of hell is what it feels like as far as temperature-wise. But anyways, man, thank you so much for being on the show. I wanted to touch base with you because, like, uh, about, what was this, uh, maybe a week ago, you tweeted something that went pretty hot on social media. And I wanted yeah. to get your feedback, your your take on what you tweeted. So I, I want to start with that, if you don't mind. So you tweeted out why my indie game failed. I spent, ten, I spent two years developing my first indie game and four months after its release, it still did not hit my financial goals. It's still a huge success for me personally. Here is a thread with three reasons why. And I wanted to talk about that. Um, first of all, we'll dive into each reason specifically. I feel like that's a whole conversation in itself. But I'll, right off the top, like, what made you like post this? Um, on the one hand, I know that posting insights and posting game dev advices is really good for other developers to learn. Because I want to share my experience. I want to share, share my knowledge and maybe have some other developers. Because it was my first game, so I was really overwhelmed. And um, my, I had pretty high uh, expectations from the launch, to be honest. So um, it was good to be humbled down, if you know what I mean, with the, yeah. with the launch. I mean, it's a, it was a, it was a pretty good, a pretty okay launch for a first game, but uh, far beyond my uh, far beyond my exp my um, no your expectations far, uh, below yeah, yeah, your expectations, yeah. Below, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so. Um, I just wanted to share my knowledge and I knew that posting those kind of tweets would normally do pretty well on Twitter because Twitter is a space for developers and for um, game industry people. So the feedback would be the best on Twitter, I thought. So I just, um, and also I, I view, uh, I um, watched a lot of people post threads uh, over the last weeks and um, for myself, I also, I also really like those threads and wanted to, to to do one on my own I, I love that mentality it's like you can always learn from other people's success and other people what they perceive as failures because like you know like this is your first game ever man i don't see this as a you know i of course i'm not in your business with the financial information but like it like it, when i played this game it didn't feel like a failure game to me it felt like a game that just not enough people i played if you understand what i'm going where i'm going with that it just yeah it felt like you know and you mentioned like we'll get into that in a little bit like some of the because that's a part of some of the reasons why you feel like it failed in its initial launch but i want to let you know that based on what i played this is a really this is a good game you should be really be proud of yourself man thank you all right so um first and foremost you know for the people who don't know you you're like can you introduce yourself to the audience because we sort of just dove right into the main topic of the show i'm, I'm sorry about that <laughs> Okay, so my name is Matteo. I'm a 20 years old game developer from Germany. I started my journey three years ago. I wanted to um, find new interest during the Corona um, co co Corona thing. And um, the school was locked down and we all sat home as students and we had so much time because we uh, hadn't go to school. So um, I just searched for another interest uh, in my Previous years, I loved to draw, and I loved digit, I loved digital, digital drawing and traditional drawing, and 
I really wanted to find a new hobby, so I just watched some YouTube videos and one of the video videos was a game dev um, devlog, I think it was, mm -hmm. and I was really, um, really happy to see how one developer could make a game and I wanted to do it my own because um, I loved playing video games my whole life, so I really wanted to do um, a video, to develop a video game, video game next. So yeah, I dived into it. Over the first year, I made some small prototypes. I started with Unity, but I also, over the journey, I, I gone through several engines like Game Maker. I worked with Unreal Engine, but at the end, I stick to Unity. And in 2020, I prototyped a lot. So I made some mobile prototypes like a racing game. I just wanted to learn many mechanics and how to um, how to handle the engine, how to write C-sharp code and um, all that stuff. But at March 2020, 2021, I really wanted to uh, make a longer project. And then I started to develop my first commercial game, Maki's Adventure. Yeah, and it's a, it's a game that's very centric around like sharks. It kind of has a lot of um, old school Nintendo 64 vibes, but with um, in aspects. And then it also has like a really cool modern platformer vibes. It's like a tale of two genres. I, I really enjoyed playing playing through Matisse, Matisse's adventure. And I think, you know, you made something really outstanding here. I want to pivot. I want to talk about something for a little bit. And this is something I I want to emphasize to people who are listening onto the show. How old are you, Mateo? I'm 20. This man made a game at 20 years old. 20 years old. You know what most of us are doing at 20 years old? It's not making a video game. I'll tell you that right now. So, man, you should definitely feel proud of everything you created with this game because this is amazing to do at 20 years old. Thank you. All right. So let's let's dive into like the thread here because you you said reason number one is the genre. You said my game is a 2D platformer, which is pretty oversaturated genre on steam the competition was huge and the chance to have success with a game of that genre is super small do you uh, you still feel that way that the genre was part of the reason why you maybe should have pivoted to another genre definitely uh, for myself um i never wanted to make only a, a big popular game i wanted to make this game because i uh, for the one reason i love sharks so i wanted to make a game about sharks and I also wanted to um, make a retro-like platformer in 2D. So for me, um, I knew from the beginning that a platformer would not be a genre that would sell me millions of copies because platformers are really um, oversaturated on Steam, as I said in the comments. So there are so many platformers because, uh, like for me, I, I thought a platformer would be a great game to start because it's simple to program. But uh, I found out that it's not the truth. So um, developing a platformer with a story and an inventory and um, all the systems is uh, pretty hard. And um, yeah, but I really wanted to make a platformer. So um, I knew that it wouldn't sell me millions of copies and but it was a passion project and it, it, it still is my hobby right now. So, um, but yeah, I think um, it will, it, it's a good, good start. It's a good starting project for me. I, I think that's that's really good um really good insight there because like you're right we do like we do kind of learn from uh, learn from our experiences of the past there and you know whether you know like this could also have long tail success you know down the road in the future but this could also just be the learning blocks to some like the new experiences that you're creating down the corner because i know right now you're creating a really cool game that i'm highly interested in it's a roguelike game right yes a roguelike Man, you speaking my language there. I love a good roguelike ever since I, you know, like Hades, Dead Cells, like games that, that are in that kind of wheelhouse are right up my alley. So can you, like, before we dive deeper into some of the reasons why you feel like your game um, didn't quite live up to expectations, can you tell us a little bit about the, the new game that you're working on? Okay, so I started with the project. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it started um, three months ago because it was a, it was um, mainly another game earlier, so I wanted to make a Zelda-like game with a dungeon. But um, later on, I thought this game wasn't unique enough and it wasn't enough for me, myself, for me personally. So I wanted to, uh, I completely changed the game. I worked two months on a prototype, but I completely uh, threw it over and completely started with a new project. And um, 
at that time i really play a lot of enter the gungeon it's my favorite roguelike video game and so it's good. also it's it's it, it, it's so much fun and the replayability is so high and you can play hundreds of rounds in one evening and it, it's not getting boring so i really wanted to um, make a game that has a high replayability has many things to um, to choose between for example enter the gungeon has weapons but in my game um, i want to combine the upgrade system from vampire survivors where you can upgrade your abilities and for example in the end there are thousands thousands of projectiles flying to, through the screen and um, attacking the enemies that are coming in in horse around you i really wanted to get so this uh, bullet heaven vibe and combine with a procedurally generated dungeon from enter the gungeon and that's my uh, the pitch for my game right now so i combine both games and um, i want to bring it both together into one experience and yeah rogue jungle is a for, for me the pitch is rogue jungle is a, is a action roguelike mm-hmm. where you have to fight your way through a procedurally generated dungeon um, it's a jungle area so a jungle dungeon with trees and jungle temples for example and it's really um, a jungle vibe if you know what i mean and yeah it's it's going pretty good right now with, with development i'm That's super exciting. happy I'm super happy with the uh, actual development and um, it could, could be interesting for you uh, because this Sunday there's a first playtest, public playtest by our team. That is I will, amazing. I will notify you, uh, I will send you a message via Twitter or Discord and um, yeah, it's public to play, everybody can join yeah. and it's like the game is, this game is in development for a bit, little bit over a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's pretty shaping up really nicely i have to sh- i have to say and in this playtest there are already i think 50 upgrades and um, there's a dungeon with 30 rooms to explore and it has around 15 to 20 minutes of playtime one dungeon oh, okay. but um it is only one dungeon so the procedural general part is not it's not into the uh, playtest right now because that's basically the whole game, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. I, it wouldn't make sense to um, make this to get the generation into a demo because there's no reason to buy the full game then, if you know what I mean. It's- yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And that that speaks to some of the lessons that you've currently learned um, while creating Makisa's Adventure, right there. That wisdom, I love that. Um, so like uh, with Makisa's Adventure, you were fully dedicated to like making a good shark game as well are we gonna expect to see a lot of monkeys in the jungle game uh, what what, um, what animal is going to be the centric theme of, of the jungle game i know it is not fitting but there will be a shark okay it will probably be the same colors as maki as an mm-hmm. Easter egg. um but um really funny is that maki is a shark demon and the, the main main character in rock jungle is a, a crow demon I, like so I really that. want to get this anime demon uh, characters into my game. That could be the maybe the um, the slogan of my studio of Zoroarts. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And... You, next thing you know, you'll be ready to have like a Smash Brothers demon roster of animals. <laughs> yeah, about the question. Um, for the full game, I plan to make 30 to 40 different normal enemies that you will mm-hmm. find throughout the dungeon. And I want to make seven to eight dungeon bosses that will be randomly chosen in, in each run so each one will have one boss it will not be with uh, floors like enter the gungeon because that's way too much um stuff to do for one one developer and i really want to get this game out this year so i really want to make a smaller experience but i want to um, uh, to put all my time into polish and into um content i love that i love that i think that's a really solid idea so, you know, I want to get back to some of the reasons you had here, because I feel like there are very, I love the thread here because you kind of went into de- detail. I, th- you, I think you gave um, four reasons overall, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Reason number two, you said time management. You said, I'm a solo dev, so I had to handle everything on my own. I spent way more time developing the game and marketing started way too late. Also, the conversation, the conversion rate was absolutely terrible for me. So that's the thing I need to keep in mind. So you said, um, and to follow up on that, Marker, you said you spent a lot of time into making TikToks, which had some really successful videos with over 500k plus views. That that's exciting, by the way. Congrats on that. Um, Thank but- you. The conversion on TikTok is super low, so even a Twitter post with 100 likes converted into more wish lists. 
focus on social medias with higher conversions you said i love that yeah. i love that knowledge you're passing on to people and i feel like that's good that's really good insight because thank you a lot of people would think like hey 500 means a lot more than 100 but it just depends on what platform you're at and what that actually means to your conversion rate of like wish list so i think that's that's solid insight do you want to elaborate on that any further yeah i can definitely dive into it more like um with time management i meant that i um had to plan my 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 timing a little better for the next game for example i'm really um big into tiktok because tiktok mm -hmm. is a portal where you can a, a social media where you can um upload there's you ha don't have to put so much effort into a video for example like um, when i put two or three hours into editing and make a really polished video it gets like 100 or 200 um uh, views but when i just um for example get the reaction of a famous youtuber in germany that's that's my what was my one of my marketing uh, plans for example i from 12 or 30 very popular streamers or youtubers i got some pretty good feedback and they really liked the game they even played it on stream so i got like from one 10,000 twitch viewers at the same time who watched the game and that really converted well so i think it got me 2,000 wish list but um the tiktok post which had i think 612,000 views from the, from the first posting um, it went pretty bad. I think it got me like 20 wish lists because a TikTok is um, a social media where people will, of course, see the video, but um, the less people will uh, actually go onto a link or search for Maki's Adventure on Steam, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Many people will just uh, scroll past, like the video, share it, for example, and just scroll or leave a nice comment. So TikTok is not the um, social media to get a conversion, in my opinion. But um, there are, for example, other social medias like Twitter, which are pretty good for me. And of course, Reddit. Uh, for every every indie dev post on Reddit, um, there this is super incredible so the feedback there, because there you have the PC gamers, for example, that would actually go on a link and wishlist or buy the game because they are they are separate like indie gaming where people just go and search for new indie games to discover so that's your audience to to target as an indie developer and there's of course also the big gaming reddit and this is actually the heaven for indie developers because um just one example uh, one of my announcements for the release date got like i think seven thousand upvotes in like i think five minutes oh it, wow it, it it could be easily at one hundred thousand upvotes when i'm right um it's uh, I, I thought I made it when I saw it, to be honest. <laughs> but the post got uh, took down at, uh, I think, 9,000 upvotes after five minutes. So um, the, the moderation on the subreddit is really strict and they don't want to see indie develop developers there. Mm -hmm. uh, I even got uh, blacklisted and, and muted from them because I don't like my game. They, oh. they are like, I, I, um, I don't want to um, talk bad about them, but I don't like yeah. the, the moderators of um, Reddit Gaming. Um, they didn't even gave me a reason because on their rules it said like every 10th post should be uh, about your game and I posted the first time after posting like 20 normal uh, gaming related stuff on there. Uh, I think um, it's pretty hard to actually make it through the moderation there but um, maybe if your game is really good you can definitely try that but yeah. I can only not I can um, not recommend Reddit enough for you in the developers. It's uh, okay. really heaven. Okay, I'll um, keep that in mind. Indie developers, definitely check out Reddit. Um, be careful where you post, evidently, because some people are just very finicky. But like, yeah, definitely, definitely recommend Reddit there. Um, uh, you know, it seems like you got. It seems like you got quite a lot of responses from all these different threads uh, from these these threads. Like you had several different questions and you elaborated on a lot of them and man congratulations on the feedback because like not only were you able to provide good feedback it seems like you were able to get a, like a substantial amount of, of solid feedback from other other people who went through similar struggles what um like i want to ask you what lessons do you feel like you've learned from other people based on the thread you posted um first of all the thread was um really good I, I i haven't posted anything that good for me because um at the time i posted i had 
1.5k uh, followers on Twitter, mm-hmm. and now I have 2k. So this one um, post got me 500 new followers. <laughs> it's um, incredible for me, and um, I think it has like 230k views right now. So yeah. it was really, really important and big to post it actually because it's like a postmortem for me for my game. And um, yeah, there are pretty uh, also like industry people that posted. There's, mm-hmm. for example, one publisher that also followed me with 100,000 Twitter followers. And it's like, um, I think um, the post did really well. And um, the feedback, for example, like um, on the one hand, the people really like the game. And I got pretty um, many um, sales and wish list. Excuse yeah. me, I have to. No, go ahead. Bless you. So yeah, you're absolutely right. (laughs) It seems like after that thread is like, it really just took off. Like as far as like uh, a lot of the engagement for uh, like with you with um, on social media, especially on Twitter. And, you know, I'm glad to hear it helped the help the game out quite a bit. Cause like I, I saw the thread, I think like, I think the same day you posted it, but before, like, I don't think it had went quite as viral at that time frame. And I was just, you know, when you posted it, I was thinking, man, this is really introspective. I want to like, I'm going to keep my eyes on this and see what the general response is. And then as more and more people start talking about like the general wave of consensus of like offering good advice. Also, you I like I saw you commenting on other people's like other people's yeah. questions and such like that. It became something special. And I'm like, I want to commend you for that, because that that's really special to actually be able to have that conversation, you know? Yeah, it's like um, the, the thread was actually also a good um, thing to get feedback because I got so good feedback also on the game. Uh, some people also like um, recommended me to get, for example, a new Steam capsule because the game mm-hmm. looked way more polished and better than the Steam capsule looks. So um, actually people went through my profile and thought my game on Steam to the thread and gave me some feedback on the game and not only on my, my marketing, for example. And that was really... Uh, that's the thing I like about Twitter. There are actually people that want to help you and <clears throat> that are also developing video in indie games, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. Oh, so that's that's um, my um, social media where I want to post um, game dev related things. Um, and yeah, it's, I cannot um, be happier about the thread, to be honest. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I want to dive into the um, next re- the next reason. Let me see if I can find it right here. It is. Reason number three, the release date. I released my game January 18th because I thought it would be smart to release a game after Christmas. This was not the case, and many people wrote to me that they did not have money left after buying presents, so my day one was pretty low from sales. You um, follow that up by saying, uh, in December, two weeks before my release, I exhibited a game at DreamHack DE in the indie game area. A person who worked at an indie publisher even told me to choose a better, uh, choose a different release date after hearing that I wanted to release in January. So, yeah, so what, like hindsight's 2020, of course, like it's easy to look back on things and change it now, but what, um, what date do you feel like would have been a better release date outside of January for your indie game? Um, I've heard a lot that at the end of the year would be a good a good time. So um, mm-hmm. before Christmas, uh, of course, because Christmas is often the, the date where the bigger um, companies release their games because of the Christmas business. But um, I think uh, for my current game, I will target November because um, it's between like it's between the um, um the it's before christmas and it's yeah. at the end of the year so the people will definitely um spare the money from them because um they want to buy christmas presents so that's the the time of the year where people have the most money um and also like after christmas it's a new year um the indie as i said an indie publisher uh, person that work and an indie publisher uh, recommended me to go target like November, October, so this this section of the year before Christmas and at the end of the year because people will have the most money there. And um, I I would definitely also recommend everyone to look into a Steam calendar because a Steam calendar, you can um, search for a month where the other games that release there are pretty um, under your 
um, values, if you know what I mean. So yeah. they have less wish lists, less followers. And if you are on top of them, so if you are number one, you will get a popular upcoming. And that's where you want to be at as an indie developer, because when you get featured in popular upcoming, you are on the front page of Steam and you will gain thousands of new wish lists and it can um, make your game go, go, go viral, if you know what I mean. So yeah. the best thing to get to target as an indie developer is popular upcoming. For me, I had around eight eight point five thousand wish lists at launch and mm-hmm. I haven't got into popular upcoming because Normally, they say seven to eight thousand wishlists are enough to get into it. But in January, there was a huge concurrence, so there were many different games that um, are, were, were better from the statistics in my game. Yeah. So I I chose a really bad month to be honest, and um, I I went under the, the radar of uh, radar of many Steam players, and um, I learned a lot by choosing. Um, and I will definitely choose another. Um, Steam a, a, a different release date for my next project. Yeah, so it seems like game like release like picking a release window is key for indie game studio. Not only because of like the indie <laughs> game landscape, but also because like when you look at it, on the AAA side of things, I'm like a lot of these games cost a lot more money now. Like seventy dollars in US is what an average AAA game costs. Hell, um, even Tears of the Kingdom, which was a Switch title, cost ten dollars more for no reason at all, just because it was a Zelda game. You know, this year it is crazy how much um, a release date can make or break a a a like the success of a video game nowadays. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so I want to, you know, like, I, I feel like this is really good insight. I want to go and pivot to your number four, um, which is your bonus reason. You said bad playtesting. And here's what you said about that. One of the biggest reasons that also led to three negative Steam reviews on day one was a buggy launch. The players really liked the game, but few, but a few game-breaking bugs destroyed their experiences and really annoyed them. Play test your games properly! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! So you very much admit this one. Um, so can you elaborate a little bit more on the, that one? I feel like that's really good insight. Yeah, playtesting is a um, big big topic for developers. Um, like AAA companies have their own department for that. They have like quality assurance. They have playtesting, and they really. Um, it's a shame when a AAA game gets launched buggy because they have the um, the resources to do to test the game, mm-hmm. and I think it's way more um, okay for for a player that, that when when an indie game has some launch bugs. For me, of course, it was really bad because um, my game had two or three game game breaking bugs that were uh, fixed on day one, but three reviews that were negative, but only because. Um, like the people really liked the game each review has like pretty good game but way too buggy so uh, the the reviews actually were great so were good but the bugs destroyed the whole experience for many people and um, I can only um, say that I would definitely try to test my game way more in the future right now as I said I have a public playtest I want to do it like every two months until release or every every month Uh, some new mechanics to test and how the gameplay um, combines and how the players like the game, what they want to change. I would definitely also um, introduce uh, Google Docs or Google Form Sheets that uh, players can fill out with their feedback because I really want to make a game for the players and not for me, if you know what I mean. So I also want to get the feedback from the players into the game. And that's a big thing that every indie developer should um, know about. Uh, I, of course, knew about um, testing and playtesting, but the um, last months of development were so stressful and I just couldn't get it done because when I had tested more, the game wouldn't, wouldn't be completed um, and, uh, for the release. So I made many mistakes on my first game, but I also learned so much. So um, yeah, That's I'm amazing. Happy. Yeah. And of yeah. course, like the game right now, there are no zero game breaking bugs right now that I uh, that were reported. Mm-hmm. The reviews are only positive right now. I think it's like 90% positive on Steam. And that's a big uh, compliment for an indie developer because Steam is pretty uh, pretty strict with, with reviews. Oh. So oh, yeah. Very cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. Steam players are the, the like, if 
Steam players like the game. If your game is at a very positive or positive, you can definitely um, think that your game is good. And um, because Steam players won't uh, hold back, they will just oh, no. uh, tell, tell you the, their uh, honest op opinion, and that's what we developers need. Yeah, yeah, they definitely don't hold back on their opinions for sure, man. Yeah. It is, it, it's really cool, like that you um were able to get traction and you know that you're able to actually like have a very very positive rating on Steam. That's something to be celebrated. I want to um talk about some of the other lessons you've learned during this um you know journey after the game's release. Do you feel like um do you feel like the reception of it has improved over time like after the launch i know like you said like you were able to bounce back and get an overall like positive score on steam but how is um like the word of mouth reception been like for you overall it's pretty great um, that's good so right now the game is like pretty positive um the reviews are at 90 percent i got so many good press reviews even forbes wrote about the game Mm -hmm. And it's like um, all the reviews are at eight or nine out of ten, so I cannot be happier about the press reviews, for example. Also, like the players, like the game, the, the like players get to know the game more and more because right now I'm streaming on TikTok yeah. every every evening, and I'm developing games, I'm speedrunning the game, and uh, also like the comments are only positive right now. For example, I streamed two days ago and only with like one hour of stream and I played the game. Players, uh, the viewers asked what is the game, what is the game about? And mm -hmm. like only this stream got me, I think, 40 units sold. That's like oh, that's 400, amazing. $400. Yeah. So that's for an hourly wage, that would be incredible. But yeah, um, <laughs> of course, that's yeah, amazing. streaming really um, pushes the algorithm on TikTok. So right now my videos on tiktok really do well i posted a video two weeks ago which has like almost 500k views again mm -hmm. like um every video has like over 10,000 views right now and it's like uh, I, I had a pretty um down time on t tiktok like my views were really depressing and it's like should i post or should i develop uh, or should i just uh, uh, stick to the new game and um shouldn't i so i thought maybe posting is, is not worth it on tiktok because i got shadow banned that's my thought over the uh, last month after yeah. the release but right now it's going into the great direction again i'm the community is go growing and like i'm getting into contact with press um i'm exhibiting at gamescom for my first time in my life that's it's, amazing it's my dream it's my dream for three years now to, to exhibit there and i just um I just bought a, a booth there and this year I'm in the indie area in Gamescom. Man, also, that's like, amazing. Congratulations. I'd love to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, a dream come true and like even Gamescom followed me on TikTok and on, on Twitter. So it's like pretty cool to actually uh, see that they um, found my game on social media. And yeah, it's um, going into a great direction. Like the roguelike has some pretty good, good things right now because some streamers already reached out to me that are pretty big in Germany and really like mm -hmm. roguelike. So I only developed the game for one month and the reception of the new roguelike is also so good right now. And I cannot be happier. Like, um, of course, they say was not, the, the launch was not that go as good as I wanted, but mm -hmm. it's my first game. So I, I don't give a fuck about it, to be honest. Yeah, I understand that completely. Man, it is like, that's amazing. And it seems like you're taking a lot of these lessons that you've learned, such as genres, like, for instance, and like the importance of, of like nailing a genre or like the, of, of like actually hitting a genre that's not oversaturated. And you're applying that to your new project, man. So shout out to all these, the, to the success that you're having gamescom is huge man like that's a Thank huge you. get and dude i'm proud of you i really am and like just want to say that you know it's not it's not easy talking about what you perceive to be is like your personal failures as well i know like for me personally like you know i have a hard time sometimes admitting when when i've failed or when i'm wrong so like you have been so great at trying to help other people understand like what you went through and also like the things that they can be doing better with their game and i can't i can't commend you enough for that that's that's been super helpful for a lot of people and man you definitely deserve your flowers for that 
Thank you. I mean, we are all just humans and we all have the dream to make video games in mm -hmm. the indie developer scene. So I just, I think like, why should I make a secret about my mistakes? And uh, for, of course, like, uh, I wouldn't leak something like my Steam statistics right now because I cannot talk about that. But, yeah, for sure. Um, everything I can talk about without having any um, any thoughts or any um, fears with Steam or something like that, I would definitely uh, be very uh, transparent about. So um, I love to to uh, talk about my mistakes and also about my wins, of course, because yeah. Um, I think it's really normal to make mistakes during de during development and. I'm so happy how the game turned out in the in the end, and I'm all, always happy to have indie developers uh, because I like right now I got like Discord DMs and emails every day with like how did you achieve that? How did you make uh, your <laughs> game? How did you um, get into Forbes, for example, even? And yeah, the people are really um, like I was on the same spot where they were, so I asked other developers how did how did you do that? And now I'm. People ask me about that, and I'm more than happy to help them to um, understand how my journey was and how uh, that, like making mistakes. And of course, it's um, for, for me the like the earth was destroyed because like I um, didn't get into Gamescom last year. My game was rejected. Mm -hmm. Marcus was rejected at so many events because maybe the quality was not good enough. Maybe the 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 genre is just not popular under the gamers. People want more realistic 3D games, I think, and um, getting into festivals as a 2D pixel art game is really hard because, like, there are so many other pixel art games. And um, for example, there's, there are these games that um, do it into every showcase, and um, there, there's, there's sometimes um, a moment where I just think, do they really want to get some light on new indies, or do they just want to make money and show popular indies? Because yeah. many of the shows where they say, we want to uh, highlight new and unknown indie games. So they just highlight the same games that we highlight at ga the Game Awards, for example, that everybody knows about. And mm -hmm. it's like the industry is really um, not not free, and they all want just money and want to make profit. And um, the indie spirit is, is dying uh, a lot of times, I think. And um, yeah, I'm I happy to, to get the that. word out of. Um, I'm also happy to highlight indie games on my Twitter, for for example. Like mm -hmm. I, I love to post games I really like and I follow their journey. And um, we all should be more supportive in the indie area, in the indie scene. Yeah, and I really sure. want to um, to help there. For sure, and you're right about that. There's um there is a lot of like the same indie games that do get highlighted versus like because the world is filled with like indie games that should yeah. you know get a take their turn in the spotlight so to speak so you're right about that like there's um which is why i feel like it's more important now than ever to have like multiple indie showcases where like yeah. there's a there's um an outlet called 61 indie that did a fantastic indie showcase a couple of months i know back. them yeah yeah they're really good they're pretty good yeah, really good. I, I also um, submitted my game for their new showcase. Maybe it gets in. I hope I would so. Hope that, yeah, I would. Uh, mm -hmm. I love that because I really love their stuff and I really love to watch their uh, podcast and watch their shows and pretty pretty good content. I cannot recommend them enough. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really solid, really solid, and they do really good showcases. So, yeah, definitely, um, everyone, if you haven't already, give Six uh, One India a follow. They're definitely doing some good work over there. But yeah, yeah it, it's one of those things to where we need like the to further the point there. We need more showcases like that. We need more insight, um, more insight into games that we haven't been exposed to previously over and over again. Like the like I I'm not you know privy to give an example right now I can't, I can't think of a game that's been oversaturated right now but i get what you're saying though there is like that same repeat of oh i've seen that indie at this showcase and this showcase and this showcase whereas we do have like a lot of indies that in this world i get emails about an indie game all the time that i never heard about before and i was just like man that would have been really great to see on a showcase platform so yeah we do need definitely more voices and more highlights of indie games out here Mateo, before um before we get into our latter portion of the show, I do want to ask you one thing, and that is, what is I've gotten into this uh, this a uh, segment of the show since the last time you've been on the show, by the way, and it is what game would you like to highlight? So, in the spirit of what we just talked about, I've 
created a segment of the show about like hot where i give our guests an opportunity to highlight another game that person that they think people should check out so mateo what game do, would you recommend people check out today well it's a pretty tough decision because i want to highlight so many games but yeah. um, um like one game that um really i i also helped uh, helped some uh, sometimes in development Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave them some um, advice and uh, helped them with a UI decision. It was, uh, do you know, Bow Path of the Teal Lotus? No, can you describe the game for me? Um, it's like a Japanese folklore, um, like Metroidvania with beautiful graphics comparable to Hollow Knight, in my opinion. Oh, that's you can um, search it up, like the gameplay, and uh, it's so incredible. And mm-hmm. they even announced a partnership with Humble Games to get the game out there. And it's like, it's so cool. They made a Kickstarter that was widely successful last year. Or, um, I think it was last year, yeah. And I uh, I got into contact with one, uh, with a few of some de- the developers there and they are so cool people. And um, I think that's one of the um, best upcoming Metroidvanias in my opinion. Oh. And they really deserve all the attention they get right now. And I love them. You're speaking a lot of my languages here. You're talking roguelikes and metrovanias right now. That's that's genres that I really like playing. So that Only sounds very genres. yeah. That sounds very intriguing to me. So you know, um, so I, do you have any other game you want to highlight as well? I, I want to give you a chance to shout out another one. Let me just maybe I found, find something when I I like. Right now, there's nothing coming into my head, but maybe <laughs> if I log on my Twitter timeline, it's all good. Uh, While you're doing that, though, I'm gonna segue <laughs> into our li- our next portion of the show. Um, Mateo, it is time for our pro nerd trivia portion of the show, which is where I ask my guest five different categories based on five different areas of nerdy expertise. So you have, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so. Here is how the game works. You got five. You got five different questions. All these five different questions come from five random categories. In the, at the end, we will see if you can get all five questions correct and be named a pro nerd. So far, we only have one entry into our pro nerd hall of fame. That means one person who got all five of their questions correct. Will we have another today? We will see, because Mateo is going to face the gauntlet. So Mateo, are you ready? I'm ready. I like to hear it. I like the enthusiasm there. All right, Mateo, our first question comes in the world of the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, this question is a good one. I like this one. What is the name of the alias of James Rhodey, a.k.a. Iron Man's compatriot slash sidekick? Uh, this superhero I... name. It, uh, I, I haven't watched a lot of uh, Iron Man, to be honest. Okay, I understand that. The answer, the, we had two acceptable answers. It would have been Iron Patriot and War Machine were, two, were the two acceptable answers here in this case. But we'll move on from that. We Our next question is in the realm of Star Wars. Star Wars, in the galaxy far, far away. In the video game... Star Wars Jedi Jedi Fallen Order, we're introduced to a new young protagonist, a new Jedi. What is the name of the protagonist of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? I'm embarrassing myself so much. It is all good. It <laughs> but, is all good. Uh, in my, um... My knowledge about Star Wars and superheroes is so bad, to be honest. Uh, hey, man, we all got our weaknesses. We all got our weaknesses. Mine's Star Trek. I can't name a Star Trek trivia question right now to save my life. So I, I get this completely. So the answer is Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis is his name. Our next question is in the realm of Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. That could be my question then. Yeah, let's see. All right, so in the realm of Pokemon, Ash, uh, a.k.a. Red, in the original Red, Blue, and Green games, and Yellow, also was given a choice between four different types of Pokemon. The Pokemon were Pikachu, Charizard, I mean Charmander, Squirtle, and what grass type? 
Bulbasaur, I think. But Bulbasaur I'm, is the correct answer, yes. I had to think about the English mm -hmm. name. I only know the German name because well, how, I'm German. How do you say so. it in German? Um, Bizarvam. Oh, say it one more time. Bizarvam. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't. <laughs> so, what's the German adaptation of Pikachu? Pikachu. It's pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, it's just Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. And so, how many Pokemon like have the have different pronunciations in German? In German, or I think almost every Pokemon. Everyone but Pikachu, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe a few of them not, but um, I think about ninety percent have different names in in Germany. Wow, I never knew that. Like, I never knew they they went the extra mile. I always thought, I don't know, I don't know why this. I conceivably thought there was just English variations of Pokemon, but. That's really cool. I, I never even yeah. knew that, that tidbit. I mean, um, it's pretty um, obvious because, like, for example, um, Bulbasaur, so Bitterzam, Zam, Zaman in Germany is seed. So it's uh, from, oh. like, he has this um, seed on his on his uh, back. Um, yeah. Um, also, like, um, Charmander is Glumanda in Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, Glute is called, like, um, when the fire, you know, the fire on his uh, tail is yeah. also a fire. So. Yeah, I think it's better for um, German uh, kids to actually know why they uh, name their Pokemon like that. Maybe that's one of the reasons. Hey, hey, it makes more sense than Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, the Bulbasaur <laughs> part I get because it, it does have a bulb on his back. But, like, I mean, Charmander. Quirtle too. Yeah, Squirtle. Like, Quirtle with... Um... I think like is it uh, is it called no it's called tortoise I think no mm -hmm. that's interesting that that's right <laughs> on the nose I like that that that's really good so you know okay so our next question so you got one right two wrong our next question is going to be in the realm the realm of anime all right so all right. Are, are you are you kind of confident about this category or are you a little worried um like there are so many enemies so uh, i i don't know about all of them um, of course but i watched uh, many enemies like one piece um naruto dead mm -hmm. conan i'm really i really love animes but um like the question is really dependent on like the the, the enemy yeah of course yeah so here is the question, and this one might be a tough one depending on who you are. There is a there was a competitor in the 90s and 2000s to Pokemon. They were all is a card capturing company by the name of Yu-Gi-Oh. In the anime, what is the name of the main character of Yu-Gi-Oh? I think it's um Yugi. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. <laughs> Oh, that's that's perfect. Yeah, that's. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, Yugi. I I only know his first name. Then how is his full name? Um, let me make sure I got this. Yugi. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me make sure I got his name pronunciation right here. Um, let's see. All right, so you got Yu-Gi-Oh. It says Yugi on the the character name, but I've never actually watched Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, so it's. Yugi um Mute Mutao Mutao? It looks like M-U-T-O-U. So spelled differently. But that's his name. You got the other guy. I know I always called him Kaiba, but like he was the almost like the rival of, of Yu-Gi-Oh. I remember him. So yeah, that's that's all my Yu-Gi-Oh knowledge. I played the games, I've never actually watched the anime though. All right, so you're two for two. So this could be the make or break. Will you have a winning record after all is said and done? We have one last question left that will decide that very question. And that is in the realm, <laughs> this is fun, of action movies. Action movies. Okay. Yeah. Name the famous franchise in which this character, Arnold Schwarzenegger, said the line, I'll be back. What famous phrase, I'll be back, was... Was it, was it in Terminator? Yes, that is absolutely correct. It was the Terminator really? series. Yeah. 
because I only know that he played um, the character in Terminator, so I don't know about other um, movies with Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got pretty lucky, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a classic Terminator line from the 1984 film Terminator. Um, so have you ever seen the movies? Um, I think I only watched memes about it, but not the oh. movie itself. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. All right. So you're three uh, of five. That's a pretty good record. I, I like to think. What? How do you feel about your performance today? Um, like there were two topics that I don't know anything about. Like I watched uh, Star Wars, uh, The Clone Wars when I was a child earlier. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the other thing I was, uh, it was like, what was, uh, what was the other topic? Uh, it was MCU Iron Man. So yeah, Iron that's Man also, specifically. Like for me, I watch a lot of Netflix, like Spider-Man in the movie I watched uh-huh. recently. So maybe I could answer questions about that from the superheroes. But I am really like my knowledge about superheroes and Marvel and DC is really, um, really low. So I like when I have to guess, I would have guessed that I wouldn't get it correct, to be honest. I, I can understand that. You did pretty well, all, all, all things considering. you All the categories you knew something about, like you answered really well. So it was just bad luck of the draw, so to speak, that you got two categories you didn't know anything about. Well, Mateo, I, before we go, though, there's something currently going on, and that's called Steam Next Fest. And that is where a lot of people can play some really cool up and coming games. They can play the demos. They can also check it, check out um, some of the blog posts and really find out about games they should they should have on their radar. Do you have anything from Steam Net Fe- Nest Next Fest that you want to highlight today? I actually have two games that uh-huh. really um, deserve everything that I get right now. Um, there are many games, but there are two games that are really. Um, for me, important that they have a successful launch. The first game is um, I don't I don't know if you know it, but it's called Thronefall. I've heard of that one. I've heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's super great. It's um, a real-time strategy, strategy game where you have um, like a medieval setting, mm-hmm. and you are like like the landlord, and you have to um, go around the area, like collect taxes, build up the the village, and defend. Because like. There's a topic I really wanted to make a game about too. I, I really wanted to catch that uh, at the day you build your base and build mm-hmm. your your um, your uh, fighters, and in the night you have to defend your like it's it's uh, switching from this uh, real-time strategy where you build stuff fr- to the tower defense where you have to defend all the stuff in the night, and you cannot build new stuff in the night. I think, and it's uh, developed by two German developers. Um, one of the developers I, I watched like every devlog about because like do you know where your snail? Yeah. No, I didn't have heard of him. Can you give us a what what else has he made? Uh, he made uh, like a, a 2D platformer like my game, uh-huh. uh, but with a snail where you have to like you fight against uh, an uh, AI that predicts your movement. So like oh. they are like small levels and like mm-hmm. this AI tries to kill you and it, it's learning from your playstyle. So for example, if you uh, move a lot to the right. It will place uh, uh, like a spike in front of you, so the AI can play stuff, and it's like uh, as if you would play against another player. And it, like it's really funny, but also super hard. It's a rage game, and like he's pretty do- doing a great job on YouTube. He's um, mm-hmm. like uh, doing great stuff there. I love his devlogs, pretty high okay. quality. Uh, he's called Jonas Tie Roller. So if you um, want to check it out, I can I can really recommend the, the videos because yeah, for sure. it's like combining the educational part from a game developer and like this lifestyle from a game developer uh, with the like uh, fun and the memes and like Danny if you know Danny. Danny yeah. is like the biggest and like for me the best uh, game of YouTuber I know because mm-hmm. like he's, um, he's not giving that much about education like he's not like like uh, here's the code here's how I wrote it he's like yeah, he's going full with the meme game. You know <laughs> what I mean. And his For videos sure. are so entertainment, and it's like super cool the videos. And yeah, those two YouTubers I really like. Um, I like their games. Uh, as I said, Thronefall is a big uh, recommendation for me. And the other game is called Little Kitty Big City. Oh, it's about, uh, you know mm-hmm. that, right? It's, yeah, I've uh, heard of that one too. Uh huh. It went viral on Twitter too because, like, it's uh, I think like. 
they announced it after Stray, and Stray did like this completely viral game. Like, massive, uh, massive numbers. Yeah, and um, like people um, can get enough from cat in, cats in video games, playing a cat, getting uh, getting petted, uh, attacking other humans as a cat, <laughs> and it's like super funny. And Little Kitty Big Fitty is like, um, you play the cat, and you like, it's, I think it's more like, a sandbox in some case because you can like just walk around like annoy other humans mm-hmm. fight against other i don't know if they have fighting but maybe um i haven't played it now right now but i will definitely check it out today and you... yeah it's a, a big recommendation to her because i really love the art style and like um from what i've seen the, the game is super wholesome so it's yeah. really cute and the developer made a big game yeah, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of a cat version, a cat cozy version of um, um, little uh, what was it? Uncharted, Untitled Goose Game in a little way, yeah. Like, mm-hmm, where you can kind of um, just like, go around messing with people and such. <laughs> like for me, I really want to make something like that too because like mm-hmm. I've got the idea. Um, imagine you play as a pigeon. So you fly around and you can just actually... poop on people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a precision uh, game where you have to aim that you hit specific um, humans that are walking mm-hmm. like they are your targets, and you can um, like. I really like pigeons. I think they are mm-hmm. really funny animals, and um, <laughs> like we like it's pretty funny. But we had two pigeons in our in our flat. Um, oh, do y'all? Because my, my brother um, uh, loves to feed the pigeons and he mm-hmm. has like this corns and uh, throws it out of the uh, window to feed the pigeons that are uh, coming uh, towards our window. And one day he forgot to close the window and two pigeons actually flew into our window. And um, what? When, he, when he got back into his, um, into his uh, working desk, he is mm-hmm. also a pro- programmer and he's uh, programming a lot in his uh, room. And... Um, when he came back to his room, he uh, just saw two pigeons sitting on his desk and uh, watching him. That is super crazy. Funny. It's super funny. I actually, I, I immediately thought about let's make a viral TikTok out of it because yeah. TikTok is a platform to post like funny stuff like that. And um, yeah, it that, was definitely the, the highlight of my week, uh, this pigeon attack. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. I absolutely love that. I can't imagine just coming home and just... Or coming back to your desk and you just see pigeons just looking at you like that. That's so funny. That is so funny. I'd play that game, by the way. A pigeon game where where you kind of just got to be a nuisance and mess with people. I'd definitely check that out. Maybe I will develop a, a small prototype and if it go viral on Twitter, I will make it one day. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. That That's definitely something up my alley that I'd love to check out for a little bit. So, Mateo, thank you for the, the recommendations for the Steam Next Fest. I'm going to, you know, I haven't dove into in, into all of it yet. I, I, that's kind of my game plan for today. But everyone, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. Definitely go check out Mateo's projects. You should definitely go wishlist his new game. And you should also give some love to Makisa's Adventure. This is a, if you especially like platformer games if you especially like games to where you can kind of like get that retro vibe as well as get a really cool um it's the really cool shark mechanic with an action adventure platformer you should definitely give this a, a shot as well this is a game that i played earlier today and i'm so glad that i actually got to experience it like definitely go check it out it should definitely be on your radar so thank you so much oh man for sure for sure always you're part of the fam man always glad always glad to have you on the show before we go though where can the good people find you mateo uh of course on twitter i'm uh, called zoroarts underscore dev there mm-hmm. um also you can find maki's adventure on steam definitely give it a try if you like platformers or pixel art games it would mean a lot to me if you could um like for, of, of course there's a free demo for you to play if you um, don't want to spend like $9 on the game before playing a demo or pl- like seeing a trailer, there's of course a trailer, a demo for free. And um, if you like the demo, feel free to grab $9 and buy the game on Steam. It would mean a lot to me because I'm a solo developer and it's my dream to develop games full time someday. And mm-hmm. I'm sure I will get there in like the next, like maybe in next year. I will see how the roguelike will do on Steam. I hope it will perform good that I can um, 
maybe um, work more on the games instead of going um, in a restaurant and uh, working there. Also, I work in the university right now. Mm -hmm. So my time is really uh, limited, to be honest, and I would love to uh, focus on video games and on my studying. Well, everyone, definitely go wishlist this game and uh, go follow it. Go follow all the blogs and such like that. This man is a hardworking individual, constantly marketing, constantly developing, and also in school right now. He's doing it all, and he's absolutely making it work. I'm absolutely so proud of him. Always glad to have him on the show. Everyone, I've been Sebastian. This has been the single-player experience. That's been my lovely guest, Mateo. And until next time, everyone, we're out. Bye, everybody. Bye. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Mateo from Zora Art Studios for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!